Section 4 of the Exemplary Novels of Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Exemplary Novels by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. Translated by Walter K. Kelly. Rinconete and Cortadillo, or Peter of the Corner and the Little Cutter, Part 1. At the Venta, or hostelry of the Mulinillo, which is situate on the confines of the renowned plain of Alcudia, and on the road from Castile to Andalusia, two striplings met by chance on one of the hottest days of summer. One of them was about fourteen or fifteen years of age. The other could not have passed his seventeenth year. Both were well-formed and of comely features, but in very ragged and tattered plight. Cloaks they had none, their breeches were of linen, and their stockings were merely those bestowed on them by nature. It is true they boasted shoes. One of them wore alpargates, or rather, dragged them along at his heels. The other had what might as well have been shackles for all the good they did the wearer, being rent in the uppers and without soles. Their respective headdresses were a montera and a miserable sombrero, low in the crown and wide in the brim. On his shoulder, and crossing his breast like a scarf, one of them carried a shirt, the color of chamois leather. The body of this garment was rolled up and thrust into one of its sleeves. The other, though traveling without encumbrance, bore on his chest what seemed a large pack, but which proved, on closer inspection, to be the remains of a starched ruff, now stiffened with grease instead of starch, and so worn and frayed that it looked like a bundle of hemp. Within this collar, wrapped up and carefully treasured, was a pack of cards, excessively dirty, and reduced to an oval form by repeated pairing of their dilapidated corners. The lads were both much burned by the sun, their hands were anything but clean, and their long nails were edged with black. One had a dudgeon dagger by his side, the other a knife with a yellow handle. These gentlemen had selected for their siesta the porch or penthouse, commonly found before a venta, and finding themselves opposite each other, he who appeared to be the elder said to the younger, Of what country is your worship, noble sir, and by what road do you propose to travel? What is my country, Signor Cavalier? returned the other. I know not, nor yet which way my road lies. Your worship, however, does not appear to have come from heaven, rejoined the elder and as this is not a place wherein a man can take up his abode for good, you must of necessity be going further. That is true, replied the younger. I have, nevertheless, told you only the veritable fact, for as to my country it is mine no more, since all that belongs to me there is a father who does not consider me his child, and a stepmother who treats me like a son-in-law. With regard to my road, it is that which chance places before me and it will end wherever I may find someone who will give me the wherewithal to sustain this miserable life of mine. "'Is your worship acquainted with any craft?' inquired the first speaker. "'With none,' returned the other, "'except that I can run like a hare, leap like a goat, and handle a pair of scissors with great dexterity. "'These things are all very good, useful, and profitable,' rejoined the elder. "'You will readily find the sacristan of some church,' who will give your worship the offering-bread of All Saints' Day, for cutting him his paper flowers to decorate the monument on Holy Thursday. But that is not my manner of cutting, replied the younger. My father, who by God's mercy is a tailor and hose-maker, 
taught me to cut out that kind of spatterdashes properly called polainas which as your worship knows cover the fore part of the leg and come down over the instep these i can cut out in such style that i could pass an examination for the rank of master in the craft but my ill luck keeps my talents in obscurity the common lot senor of able men replied the first speaker for i have always heard that it is the way of the world to let the finest talents go to waste but your worship is still at an age when this evil fortune may be remedied and the rather since if i mistake not and my eyes do not deceive me you have other advantageous qualities which it is your pleasure to keep secret it is true that i have such returned the younger gentleman but they are not of a character to be publicly proclaimed as your worship has very judiciously observed but i rejoined the elder may with confidence assure you that i am one of the most discreet and prudent persons to be found within many a league in order to induce your worship to open your heart and repose your faith on my honour i will enlist your sympathies by first laying bare my own bosom for i imagine that fate has not brought us together without some hidden purpose nay i believe that we are to be true friends from this day to the end of our lives i then senor hidalgo am a native of fuenfrida a place very well known indeed renowned for the illustrious travellers who are constantly passing through it my name is pedro del rincon my father is a person of quality and a minister of the holy crusade since he holds the important charge of a bulero or buldero as the vulgar call it i was for some time his assistant in that office and acquitted myself so well that in all things concerning the sale of bulls i could hold my own with any man though he had the right to consider himself the most accomplished in the profession but one day having placed my affections on the money produced by the bulls rather than on the bulls themselves i took a bag of crowns to my arms and we two departed together for madrid in that city such are the facilities that offer themselves i soon gutted my bag and left it with as many wrinkles as a bridegroom's pocket-handkerchief the person who was charged with the collection of the money hastened to track my steps i was taken and met with but scant indulgence only in consideration of my youth their worships the judges contented themselves with introducing me to the acquaintance of the whipping-post to have the flies whisked from my shoulders for a certain time and commanding me to abstain from revisiting the court and capital during a period of four years i took the matter coolly bent my shoulders to the operation performed at their command and made so much haste to begin my prescribed term of exile that i had no time to procure sumpter mules but contented myself with selecting from my valuables such as seemed most important and useful i did not fail to include this pack of cards among them here the speaker exhibited that overformed specimen already mentioned and with these i have gained my bread among the inns and taverns between madrid and this place by playing at vingt et un it is true they are somewhat soiled and worn as your worship sees but for him who knows how to handle them they possess a marvellous virtue which is that you never cut them but you find an ace at the bottom if your worship then is acquainted with the game you will see what an advantage it is to know for certain that you have an ace to begin with since you may count it either for one or eleven and so you may be pretty sure that when the stakes are laid at twenty-one your money will be much disposed to stay at home in addition to this i have acquired the knowledge of certain mysteries regarding lansquenet and reversus 
from the cook of an ambassador who shall be nameless insomuch that even as your worship might pass as master in the cutting of spatterdashes so could i too take my degrees in the art of flat-catching with all these acquirements i am tolerably sure of not dying from hunger since even in the most retired farmhouse i come to there is always some one to be found who will not refuse himself the recreation of a few moments at cards we have but to make a trial where we are let us spread the net and it will go hard with us if some bird out of all the muleteers standing about do not fall into it i mean to say that if we two begin now to play at vingt et un as though we were in earnest some one will probably desire to make a third and in that case he shall be the man to leave his money behind him with all my heart replied the younger lad and i consider that your excellency has done me a great favour by communicating to me the history of your life you have thereby made it impossible for me to conceal mine and i will hasten to relate it as briefly as possible here it is then i was born at pedroso a village situate between salamanca and medina del campo my father is a tailor as i have said and taught me his trade but from cutting with the scissors i proceeded my natural abilities coming in aid to the cutting of purses the dull mean life of the village and the unloving conduct of my mother-in-law were besides but little to my taste i quitted my birthplace therefore repaired to toledo to exercise my art and succeeded in it to admiration for there is not a reliquary suspended to the dress not a pocket however carefully concealed but my fingers shall probe its contents or my scissors snip it off though the owner were guarded by the eyes of argus during four months i spent in toledo i was never trapped between two doors nor caught in the fact nor pursued by the runners of justice nor blown upon by an informer it is true that eight days ago a double spy did set forth my distinguished abilities to the corregidor and the latter taking a fancy to me from his description desired to make my acquaintance but i am a modest youth and do not wish to frequent the society of personages so important wherefore i took pains to excuse myself from visiting him and departed in so much haste that i like yourself had no time to procure sumter mules or small change nay i could not even find a return chaise nor so much as a cart console yourself for these omissions replied pedro del rincon and since we now know each other let us drop these grand and stately airs and confess frankly that we have not a blessed farthing between us nor even shoes to our feet be it so returned diego cortado for so the younger boy called himself be it so and since our friendship as your worship senor rincon is pleased to say is to last our whole lives let us begin it with solemn and laudable ceremonies saying which diego rose to his feet and embraced the senor rincon who returned the compliment with equal tenderness and emotion they then began to play at vingt et un with the cards above described which were certainly free from dust and straw as we say but by no means free from grease and knavery and after a few deals cortado could turn up an ace as well as rincon his master when things had attained this point it chanced that a muleteer came out at the porch and as rincon had anticipated he soon proposed to make a third in their game to this they willingly agreed and in less than half an hour they had won from him twelve reals and twenty-two maravedis which he felt as sorely as twelve stabs with a dagger and twenty-two thousand sorrows 
Presuming that the young chaps would not venture to defend themselves, he thought to get back his money by force, but the two friends laying hands promptly, the one on his dudgeon dagger and the other on his yellow-handled knife, gave the muleteer so much to do that if his companions had not hastened to assist him, he would have come badly out of the quarrel. At that moment there chanced to pass by a company of travellers on horseback, who were going to make their siesta at the hostelry of the alcalde, about half a league farther on. Seeing the affray between the muleteer with two boys, they interposed and offered to take the latter in their company to Seville, if they were going to that great city. "'That is exactly where we desire to go,' exclaimed Rincon, "'and we will serve your worships in all that it shall please you to command.' Whereupon, without more ado, they sprang before the mules and departed with the travellers, leaving the muleteer despoiled of his money and furious with rage, while the hostess was in great admiration of the finished education and accomplishments of the two rogues, whose dialogue she had heard from beginning to end, while they were not aware of her presence. When the hostess told the muleteer that she had heard the boys say the cards they played with were false, the man tore his beard for rage, and would have followed them to the other venta, in the hope of recovering his property, for he declared it to be a serious affront, and a matter touching his honour, that two boys should have cheated a grown man like him. But his companions dissuaded him from doing what they declared would be nothing better than publishing his own folly and incapacity, and their arguments, although they did not console the muleteer, were sufficient to make him remain where he was. Meanwhile, Cortado and Rincón displayed so much zeal and readiness in the service of the travellers that the latter gave them a lift behind them for the greater part of the way. They might many a time have rifled the portmanteaus of their temporary masters, but did not, lest they should thereby lose the happy opportunity of seeing Seville, in which city they greatly desired to exercise their talents. Nevertheless, as they entered Seville, which they did at the hour of evening prayer and by the gate of the custom-house, on account of the dues to be paid and the trunks to be examined, Cortado could not refrain from making an examination, on his own account, of the valise which a Frenchman of the company carried with him on the croup of his mule. With his yellow-handled weapon, therefore, he gave it so deep and broad a wound in the side that its very entrails were exposed to view, and he dexterously drew forth two good shirts, a sundial, and a memorandum-book, things that did not greatly please him when he had leisure to examine them. Thinking that since the Frenchman carried that valise on his own mule, it must needs contain matters of more importance than those he had captured, Cortado would fain have looked further into it, but he abstained, as it was probable that the deficiency had been already discovered, and the remaining effect secured. Before performing this feat, the friends had taken leave of those who had fed them on their journey, and the following day they sold the two shirts in the old clothes market, which is held at the gate of the Almacen, or arsenal, obtaining twenty reals for their booty. Having dispatched this business, they went to see the city, and admired the great magnificence and vast size of its principal church, and the vast concourse of people on the quays, for it happened to be the season for loading the fleet. There were also six galleys on the water, at sight of which the friends could not refrain from sighing, as they thought the day might come when they should be clapped on board one of those vessels for the remainder of their lives. They remarked the large number of basket-boys, porters, etc., who went to and fro about the ships, and inquired of one among them what sort of a trade it was, whether it was very laborious, and what were the gains. An Asturian, of whom they made the inquiry, 
gave answer to the effect that the trade was a very pleasant one since they had no harbour dues to pay and often found themselves at the end of the day with six or seven reals in their pocket with which they might eat drink and enjoy themselves like kings those of his calling he said had no need to seek a master to whom security must be given and you could dine when and where you please since in the city of seville there is not an eating-house however humble where you will not find all you want at any hour of the day the account given by the asturian was by no means discouraging to the two friends neither did his calling seem amiss to them nay rather it appeared to be invented for the very purpose of enabling them to exercise their own profession in secrecy and safety on account of the facilities it offered for entering houses they consequently determined to buy such things as were required for the instant adoption of the new trade especially as they could enter upon it without undergoing any previous scrutiny in reply to their further inquiries the asturian told them that it would be sufficient if each had a small porter's bag of linen either new or second-hand so it was but clean with three palm baskets two large and one small wherein to carry the meat fish and fruit purchased by their employers while the bag was to be used for carrying the bread he took them to where all these things were sold they supplied themselves out of the plunder of the frenchmen and in less than two hours they might have been taken for regular graduates in their new profession so deftly did they manage their baskets and so jauntily carry their bags their instructor furthermore informed them of the different places at which they were to make their appearance daily in the morning at the shambles and at the market of saint salvador on fast days at the fish market every afternoon on the quay and on thursdays at the fair all these lessons the two friends carefully stored in their memory and the following morning both repaired in good time to the market of saint salvador scarcely had they arrived before they were remarked by numbers of young fellows of the trade who soon perceived by the shining brightness of their bags and baskets that they were new beginners they were assailed with a thousand questions to all which they replied with great presence of mind and discretion presently up came two customers one of whom had the appearance of a student the other was a soldier both were attracted by the clean and new appearance of their baskets and he who seemed to be a student beckoned cortado while the soldier engaged rincon in god's name be it exclaimed both the novices in a breath rincon adding it is a good beginning of the trade master since it is your worship that has given me my hansel the hansel shall not be a bad one replied the soldier seeing that i have been lucky at cards of late and am in love i propose this day to regale the friends of my lady with a feast and am come to buy the materials load away then your worship replied rincon and lay on me as much as you please for i feel courage enough to carry off the whole market nay if you should desire me to aid in cooking what i carry it shall be done with all my heart the soldier was pleased with the boy's ready good will and told him that if he felt disposed to enter his service he would relieve him from the degrading office he then bore but rincon declared that since this was the first day on which he had tried it he was not willing to abandon the work so soon or at least until he had seen what profit there was to be made of it but if it did not suit him he gave the gentleman his word that he would prefer the service offered him even to that of a canon the soldier laughed loaded him well and showed him the house of his lady bidding him observe it well that he might know it another time so that he might be able to send him there again without being obliged to accompany him rincon promised fidelity and good conduct the soldier gave him three cuartos 
and the lad returned like a shot to the market that he might lose no opportunity by delay besides he had been well advised in respect of diligence by the asturian who had likewise told him that when he was employed to carry small fish such as sprats sardines or flounders he might very well take a few for himself and have the first taste of them were it only to diminish his expenses of the day but that he must do this with infinite caution and prudence lest the confidence of the employer should be disturbed for to maintain confidence was above all things important in their trade but whatever haste rincon had made to return he found cortado at his post before him the latter instantly inquired how he had got on rincon opened his hand and showed the three cuartos when cortado thrusting his arm into his bosom drew forth a little purse which appeared to have once been of amber-coloured silk and was not badly filled it was with this said he that my service to his reverence the student has been rewarded with this and two cuartos besides do you take it rincon for fear of what may follow cortado had scarcely given the purse in secret to his companion before the student returned in a great heat and looking in mortal alarm he no sooner set eyes on cortado than hastening towards him he inquired if he had by chance seen a purse with such and such marks and tokens and which had disappeared together with fifteen crowns in gold pieces three double reals and a certain number of maravedis in cuartos and octavos did you take it from me yourself he added while i was buying in the market with you standing beside me to this cortado replied with perfect composure all i can tell you of your purse is that it cannot be lost unless indeed your worship has left it in bad hands that is the very thing sinner that i am returned the student to a certainty i must have left it in bad hands since it has been stolen from me i say the same rejoined cortado but there is a remedy for every misfortune excepting death the best thing your worship can do now is to have patience for after all it is god who has made us and after one day there comes another if one hour gives us wealth another takes it away but it may happen that the man who has stolen your purse may in time repent and may return it to your worship with all the interest due on the loan the interest i will forgive him exclaimed the student and cortado resumed there are besides those letters of excommunication the paulinas and there is also good diligence in seeking for the thief which is the mother of success of a truth sir i would not willingly be in the place of him who has stolen your purse for if your worship have received any of the sacred orders i should feel as if i had been guilty of some great crime nay of sacrilege in stealing from your person most certainly the thief has committed a sacrilege replied the student in pitiable tones for although i am not in orders but am only a sacristan of certain nuns yet the money in my purse was the third of the income due from a chapelry which i had been commissioned to receive by a priest who is one of my friends so that the purse does in fact contain blessed and sacred money let him eat his sin with his bread exclaimed rincon at that moment i should be sorry to become bail for the profit he will obtain from it there will be a day of judgment at the last when all things will have to pass as they say through the holes of the colander and it will then be known who was the scoundrel that has had the audacity to plunder and make off with the whole third of the revenue of a chapelry but tell me mr sacristan on your life what is the amount of the whole yearly income income to the devil and you with it replied the sacristan with more rage than was becoming am i in a humour to talk to you about income tell me brother if you know anything of the purse if not god be with you i must go and have it cried that does not seem to me so bad a remedy remarked cortado 
but i warn your worship not to forget the precise description of the purse nor the exact sum that it contains for if you commit the error of a single mite the money will never be suffered to appear again while the world is a world and that you may take for a prophecy i am not afraid of committing any mistake in describing the purse returned the sacristan for i remember it better than i do the ringing of my bells and i shall not commit the error of an atom saying this he drew a laced handkerchief from his pocket to wipe away the perspiration which rained down his face as from an alembic but no sooner had cortado set eyes on the handkerchief than he marked it for his own when the sacristan had got to a certain distance therefore cortado followed and having overtaken him as he was mounting the steps of a church he took him apart and poured forth so interminable a string of rigmarole all about the theft of the purse and the prospect of recovering it that the poor sacristan could do nothing but listen with open mouth unable to make head or tail of what he said although he made him repeat it two or three times cortado meanwhile continued to look fixedly into the eyes of the sacristan whose own were riveted on the face of the boy and seemed to hang as it were on his words this gave cortado an opportunity to finish his job and having cleverly whipped the handkerchief out of the pocket he took leave of the sacristan appointing to meet him in the evening at the same place for he suspected that a certain lad of his own height and the same occupation who was a bit of a thief had stolen the purse and he should be able to ascertain the fact in a few days more or less somewhat consoled by this promise the sacristan took his leave of cortado who then returned to the place where rincon had privily witnessed all that had passed but a little behind him stood another basket-boy who had also seen the whole transaction and at the moment when cortado passed the handkerchief to rincon the stranger accosted the pair tell me gallant gentlemen said he are you admitted to the mala entrada or not we do not understand your meaning noble sir replied rincon how not entered brave murcians replied the other we are neither of murcia nor of thebes replied cortado if you have anything else to say to us speak if not go your ways and god be with you oh your worships do not understand don't you said the porter but i will soon make you understand and even sup up my meaning with a silver spoon i mean to ask you gentlemen are your worships thieves but why put the question since i see well that you are thieves and it is rather for you to tell me how it is that you have not presented yourselves at the custom-house of the senor monipodio do they then pay duty on the right of thieving in this country gallant sir exclaimed rincon if they do not pay duty at least they make them register themselves with the senor monipodio who is the father master and protector of thieves and i recommend you to come with me and pay your respects to him forthwith or if you refuse to do that make no attempt to exercise your trade without his mark and password or it will cost you dearly i thought for my part remarked cortado that the profession of thieving was a free one exempt from all taxes and port dues or at least that if we must pay it is something to be levied in the lump for which we give a mortgage upon our shoulders and our necks but since it is as you say and every land has its customs let us pay due respect to this of yours we are now in the first country of the world and without doubt the customs of the place must be in the highest degree judicious wherefore your worship may be pleased to conduct us to the place where this gentleman of whom you have spoken is to be found i cannot but suppose from what you say that he is much honoured of great power and influence of very generous nature and above all highly accomplished in the profession 
"'Honoured, generous, and accomplished, do you say?' replied the boy. "'Aye, that he is, so much so that during the four years that he has held the seat of our chief and father, only four of us have suffered at finibustry. Some thirty or so, and not more, have lost leather, and but sixty-two have been lagged.' "'Truly, sir,' rejoined Rincon, "'all this is Hebrew to us. We know no more about it than we do of flying.' Let us be jogging, then, replied the newcomer, and on the way I will explain to you these and other things, which it is requisite you should know as pat as bread to mouth, and accordingly he explained to them a whole vocabulary of that thieves Latin which they call Hermanesco or Herigonza, and which their guide used in the course of his lecture, by no means a short one, for the distance they had to traverse was of considerable length. On the road Rincon said to his new acquaintance, does your worship happen to be a thief? Yes, replied the lad. I have that honor, for the service of God and of all good people, but I cannot boast of being among the most distinguished, since I am as yet but in the year of my novitiate. It is news to me, remarked Cortado, that there are thieves for the service of God and of good people. Señor, the other replied, I don't meddle with theology, but this I know, that every one may serve God in his vocation, the more so as Daddy Monipodio keeps such good order in that respect among all his children. His must needs be a holy and edifying command, rejoined Rincon, since it enjoins thieves to serve God. It is so holy and edifying, exclaimed the stranger, that I don't believe a better will ever be known in our trade. His orders are that we give something by way of alms out of all we steal, to buy oil for the lamp of a highly venerated image, well known in this city, and we have really seen great things result from that good work. Not many days ago, one of our cuatreros had to take three ansias, for having come the Murcian over a couple of rosnos, and although he was but a poor weak fellow, and ill of the fever to boot, he bore them all without singing out, as though they had been mere trifles. This we of the profession attribute to his particular devotion to the Virgin of the Lamp, for he was so weak that of his own strength he could not have endured the first desconcierto of the hangman's wrist. But now, as I guess, you will want to know the meaning of certain words just used. I will take physic before I am sick, that is to say, give you the explanation before you ask for it. Be pleased to know, then, gentlemen, that a cuatrero is a stealer of cattle. The ansia is the question or torture. Rosnos, saving your presence, are asses, and the first desconcierto is the first turn of the cord which is given by the executioner when we are on the rack. But we do more than burn oil to the virgin. There is not one of us who does not recite his rosary carefully, dividing it into portions for each day of the week. Many will not steal at all on a Friday, and on Saturdays we never speak to any woman who is called Mary. All these things fill me with admiration, replied Cortado, but may I trouble your worship to tell me, have you no other penance than this to perform? Is there no restitution to make? As to restitution, returned the other, it is a thing not to be mentioned. Besides, it would be wholly impossible, on account of the numerous portions into which things stolen have to be divided, before each one of the agents and contractors has received the part due to him. When all these have had their share, the original thief would find it difficult to make restitution. Moreover, there is no one to bid us do anything of that kind seeing that we do not go to confession. And if letters of excommunication are out against us, they rarely come to our knowledge, because we take care not to go into the churches while the priests are reading them, unless, indeed, it be on the days of jubilee, 
for then we do go on account of the vast profits we make from the crowds of people assembled on that occasion and proceeding in this manner observed cortado your worships think that your lives are good and holy certainly for what is there bad in them replied the other lad is it not worse to be a heretic or a renegade or to kill your father or mother without doubt admitted cortado but now since our fate has decided that we are to enter this brotherhood will your worship be pleased to step out a little for i am dying to behold the senor monipodio of whose virtues you relate such fine things that wish shall soon be gratified replied the stranger nay even from this place we can perceive his house but your worships must remain at the door until i have gone in to see if he be disengaged since these are the hours at which he gives audience so be it replied rincon and the thief preceding them for a short distance they saw him enter a house which so far from being handsome had a very mean and wretched appearance the two friends remained at the door to await their guide who soon reappeared and called to them to come in he then bade them remain for the present in a little paved court or patio so clean and carefully rubbed that the red bricks shone as if covered with the finest vermilion on one side of the court was a three-legged stool before which stood a large pitcher with the lip broken off and on the top of the pitcher was placed a small jug equally dilapidated on the other side lay a rush mat and in the middle was a fragment of crockery which did service as the recipient of some sweet basil the two boys examined these movables attentively while awaiting the descent of the senor monipodio but finding that he delayed his appearance rincon ventured to put his head into one of two small rooms which opened on the court there he saw two fencing foils and two bucklers of cork hung upon four nails there was also a great chest but without a lid or anything to cover it with three rush mats extended on the floor on the wall in face of him was pasted a figure of our lady one of the coarsest of prints and beneath it was a small basket of straw with a little vessel of white earthenware sunk into the wall the basket rincon took to be a poor box for receiving alms and the little basin he supposed to be a receptacle for holy water as in truth they were End of Rinconete en Cortadillo, or Peter of the Corner and the Little Cutter, Part 1.